To Be a Nature Spirit or The Clay Ball Story. The student of internal martial arts had been studying diligently for many years with her master and had worked her way up through the school. One day he said to her, It's time for you to go and work for two years with the old woman on the mountain. You're ready to study with her now. Feeling rather pleased with herself, she packed her bundle and practiced swords and said goodbye to her classmates, who were all very impressed with her, which she secretly loved, even as she brushed it off. She headed up the mountain the following day, looking forward to learning secret techniques and special moves, maybe some subtle power-building neigung breathing exercises. She passed quickly through the ancient forest and up to the top of the tree line, not noticing how the birds fell silent as she rushed her way through their territory. At the edge of the forest was an old shack, quite run down, with a veranda around the front and sides. Right you're here, said the old woman. Put down your things and come and sweep this porch, then you can make me some supper. Not even asking her name. What an affront. This old lady has forgotten all her social skills, thought the younger woman but she knew it'd be a grave offence to say anything and cause loss of face. So she bent to the tasks and at nightfall slept like a dog on the veranda on her bedroll. In the morning, she had decided to put the slights behind her and was again looking forward to her special training. Follow the sound of water and make your way down to the riverside, said the old woman. You'll find the whole area coated in a fine clay washed down from the glacier. I want you to take a handful of it and roll it between your hands until it is perfectly spherical, a ball, and then place the clay ball on the flat rocks beside the river to dry. Do this all day as many times as you can. Come back when it's time to cook my supper. Mortified, the young woman headed straight to the river, muttering under her breath and wishing herself back at her teacher's school, pushing hands with the lads or cracking jokes whilst drinking jasmine tea, telling tall tales of scrapes and clever escapes. All day long, until her hands were chapped and chilled, she rolled the balls, returning back to the shack in time to sweep and cook food, and then fall asleep, shattered. The next morning, expecting another crazy task, she got only a nod and a dismissive wave of the hand to send her back to the riverbed to roll clay balls and leave them drying in the sun. At the end of the week, she thought, surely some change is due. At the end of the month, she thought, is this some kind of joke? After two months, she thought, I am in a version of hell. It's a punishment. After six months, she'd been through all five stages of grief and made up a few of her own, based loosely around fury and retribution. After 11 months of this working, sweeping, cooking, sleeping, she had accepted that this was her life for the next 13 months, and she stopped thinking about it at all. She noticed the birdsong changing as the days progressed and as the seasons transformed. After a year and a day, the entire river valley was covered with even little clay balls, as far as the eye could see, on every flat or nearly flat surface. There was no clay left to use, not even any rough silt. The following day, the old woman called the student into her hut and said, Today I want you to go down to the river and, taking a clay ball in each hand, squeeze your fingers together until the balls are crushed back to dust. Then sweep this dust back into the riverbed from where you got it and leave no trace at all. 
Do this with every single clay ball. Be sure not to leave even one unpulverized. The student got up in a daze, headed back down to the river, cursing the stupid crone under her breath. Mindless, idiotic, ridiculous work, back-breaking, limb-chilling, pointless task. Within a fortnight, she was settled into the rhythm of the days again and had stopped swearing under her breath or going through revenge fantasies in her mind. In fact, sometimes, when she tried to recall what she had been thinking about all day at the water's edge, she found she couldn't. Perhaps her mind had wandered off, perhaps she had vagued out. But no, when she paid attention to what her mind was doing, well, it wasn't wandering, it was just very still, no chatter at all. After another year and a day, the old woman came out early to where the student was sleeping and woke her with her bundle and some tea. Time to go back down the mountain. You've done everything you came to do. And with that, the old woman went behind the huge old tree that grew beside the hut, or perhaps into the tree. It was hard to tell. The younger woman drank the tea, shouldered her bundle, took a last look around the glade, bowed almost imperceptibly, and headed down the mountain path. The birds were singing as she stepped quietly through the trees. Mosses cushioned the ground in every hue of green. Beetles drummed their feet on the soil. Halfway down the mountain, in the thick of an old-growth wood, too steep for coppicing, a band of thieves was hiding out, after robbing carriages on the valley floor road. Seeing a lone woman walking through the woods, the five men rubbed their hands together in spiteful glee, the universal gesture of corruption. This would be fun, they thought as one. Together they approached the woman, whose expressionless face proved just how stupid she was to be walking there and how richly she deserved what was coming. She looked right at them then, put down her bundle, and reached up spontaneously above her head, effortlessly grasping the dry branch of bony oak in her hands with an echoing crack it came away from the tree, and she stood naturally holding it like a staff or perhaps an oar, as though to push a boat out on a still lake. The bandits took fright at such unexpected power and grace, the woman's sudden movement and, most unnerving of all, her apparent lack of fear. A vengeful nature spirit, run, cried their leader, and off they sped, leaving their booty, forgetting their weapons, pissing themselves. The student watched until the robbers were gone, the noise of their escape making it clear as day where they were heading into the next valley. Gazing around, she quietly took in the beauty of the place where she stood, then put down the branch underneath the tree from which it came, picked up her bundle, and carried on back down the path towards her classmates, her teacher, and home.